What's up? Welcome into the CHL Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? One more Senior Bowl recap show for you. Day three in the books. And as we have all week, Nicholas Moriano in Mobile, Alabama, in his glorious La Quinta suite, mm-hmm. rocking the Senior Bowl hat today. How many Reese's peanut butter cups have you had this week? <laughs> Zero. None. They they haven't won. They haven't been available for the two of the days. And yeah, right. I mean, weird. Come on. Reese's Senior We're Bowl. Doing here. And yeah, so I decided to get a hat because I couldn't get a Reese's peanut butter cup. I had to go to the next, I guess, option, which is yeah. apparently a hat. Pretty sweet, though. Um, as, uh, Braggs was doing last night with his Purdue Boilermakers, Carm is chasing the, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina, the <laughs> Northwestern Wildcats tonight. Uh, and he is not with us. So Greg Braggs is here with us to uh, chime in the, the draft expert. Yes. Greg yes. The draft expert. I've been stressed out all day about this show. I even called Adam about it. So I'm like, this is, I, I am, I am here to learn gentlemen that you know just like every viewer i get a front row seat here on the show and i'm very honored by that because listening to you guys the last two days adam I, I know how locked in you are to these practices on tv certainly have been watching them but uh and nick being having the front row seat i'm certainly excited to pick your brain about some of these wide receivers because that's all i ever want to talk about is skill position i know we need the meat and potatoes on the offensive and defensive line but who doesn't love a good skill position guy well, the reality is that's what we've been doing all week is learning about these guys. I didn't hear, I didn't know most of these people when the week began. I don't think Nick did. And that's why I love senior bowl week. Cause it's just a good opportunity to dr- jump into draft season. By the way, the East West shrine game is on tonight. If you're interested in watching football, of course, uh, I don't know if it starts at six or I think it starts at seven. So I don't think it started yet. Um, so when this show's over, jump in the East West shrine game. If you want, I haven't really been following those practices very closely, but I know there's, couple wide receivers that Nick's talked about with Zay Flowers from Boston College and, and a few other guys that are interesting in that game. But we're going to keep this to the Senior Bowl once again. Um, uh, another day of practices. They, It's been a few years since I've been down there in Mobile, so I wasn't really sure what they were going to be doing today. I know that in the past, that third day was kind of more of a, just a lighter not quite walkthrough, but just Friday-type pra- practice. And actually, they had the pads on today and seemed to be um, doing some real drills and stuff like that. So it was still pretty interesting, Nick. Yeah, it was. It wasn't um like a typical Friday practicing those Thursday. There it was not full contact periods, but there were times where you did hear those linebackers, running backs, and those pads popping. And there were a couple of big plays um that were made on both sides of the ball by the America team and national team. But I'm glad because obviously we can see a little bit more when it is that again, quote unquote, full speed as opposed to a lighter day. But, it, I, you know, I, I brought a rain jacket, you guys, because every single year I've been to Mobile, it is downpoured. I was prepared for the day. Nothing happened. So I guess yeah. it's a good thing, but I, yeah, I was you, waiting for it. You got your sunscreen, you got your umbrella, you got your rain jacket. I got the sunscreen, you guys. Never got the sunblock. After the first day where it was sunny and hot, I'm like, all right, I, I'm not going to need it. And it, it worked out, but I wish I had it that first day. Yeah, it's been uh, it, the the weather in Mobile is always weird. It's can one day can be like summer, and then the next day mm-hmm. be like early early spring, like almost late winter. Uh, it, it varies down there. Um, well, that's what we're getting up here. I mean, it's going to be like one degree tonight, and then on Monday we're supposed to get close to fifty. So who knows? Maybe you know. I'm not going to talk about global warming on this show. I think you just did. (laughs) Uh, Let's start with the wide receivers, though. I know Braggs wants to talk about that. There were some more guys that that we saw today, a couple guys we've talked about a little bit this week, but uh, I know Luke Getze thought that the wide receivers played a little bit better today. Um, How about our guy Tank from Houston? He's he's been – he's been – he's here's where I wanted to go with this conversation, actually, because – you know, we've been hearing for months that the free agent class for wide receivers isn't that good. I think that's somewhat accurate, but maybe not completely accurate. And then the same thing about the draft. They're like, not a strong wide receiver class in the draft. I 
don't know, man. I've seen some pretty decent wide receivers this week, I feel like. And now I'm maybe it's not top heavy with obvious one on one or you know, number one wide receivers, but there's a number of solid guys. We've talked to, uh, about a few this week. If you missed some of it, go back and check out our last two uh, senior bowl recap shows. They're sort of evergreen, at least for a couple of weeks. We can go back and watch them and learn about some of these guys. But Nick, I don't know about, I mean, you've been able to see them in person, but I've been impressed with what I've seen on TV this week. Yeah. Just let's stick with the American team real quick. And, you know, Nathaniel Dell or tank Dell has been phenomenal. And he, he, again, in those one-on-one drills, that does cater to what he's able to do in terms of route running, crane separation. But another guy that has been having some pretty good practices is Iowa State's Xavier Hutchinson, showing the ability to stop on a dime, get open, has good hands. So Luke Getz, you said, like, today was a, a good day for that wide receiver group. But I just think in general, when you look at the national team and the American team, there are guys that can that are making plays. One guy that I hadn't highlighted in the previous two days that I thought had a pretty good practice for the national team was Grant DeBose, the wide receiver out of UNC Charlotte, 6'2", 204 pounds. He had a nice rep uh, one-on-one against uh, Riley Moss from Iowa where he was able to just run this fade route in the back right corner of the end zone, locate the ball, and make a great catch. And that's, again, another guy that's kind of showing out. And as we all know, like the Bears need wide receivers. And I just looking at this group, like there are some guys that I can see, like the Bears can maybe look at and just add to that overall wide receiver room. How hard is it for you? You know, cause like it, it's gotta be a lot like training camp, right? With how they run through some of these drills and one-on-ones and, you know, something that I always fall for when we go to training camp is the one-on-one gods, you know, and they're yeah. at such an advantage over the DB and it's easy to look great in those drills. How hard is it for you to evaluate what you're seeing and not going too far with how good, you know, the projection of what you're seeing? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Actually, Greg, I was thinking about this when there was like a little bit of downtime at the practice. And I'm going to actually maybe push back on that a little bit. Obviously, the one-on-one is going to favor the offense every single time. They know which way they're running. The cornerback doesn't. But when you get into some of these team drills, there's not a lot of opportunities for all those guys to obviously get the ball. So in that 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 one rep that you get, you still need to show that you can create separation. You don't you can't put you can't put all the stock into it, right? Because obviously it does care to the offense. But that's their opportunity to showcase that fluid route running, the ability to stop and to get leverage to create separation. So when you see it consistently, I think that's when you can point to like, all right, this guy. He is a polished route runner. He understands how to get a DB off balance. So you you gotta you gotta balance it a little bit. But I just know in the team settings, when the quarterbacks are throwing the ball into the dirt, you're not getting the best look. And you're you almost take away from what the wide receiver is doing because the play's not able to be completed, but you can still see the route being run. But there's stock you should give into the one-on-ones, but like you said, you can't put too much into it. You know, I, I thought, um, by the way, I should mention to our viewers, first of all, hit that like button, please help us, uh, you know, promote the show here, hit slam that like button. We appreciate you doing that. Make sure you're set up for notifications for our show. So, you know, on nights like this, where we're not at noon, by the way, tomorrow's show will be back at noon. Um, but you always want to have those notifications set. So, you know, uh, when the show is starting uh, and I want to mention, as we talk about this stuff, not only tonight, this week, but going forward too, we get into the combine. Our diehards, our CHO diehards, have access to our databases that we have created, not only for the NFL draft, but also for free agency. So it's a work in progress. We want to make sure we we mention that to you. This is basically our internal database that we're using to keep our our notes, our links on these guys, and uh, all the information you could possibly get. So we said, let's open it up to our diehards so they can follow along. And we're having these type of conversations. It's great to jump in here. I'll give you one example because we talked a lot about Jaden Reed from Michigan State yesterday. Um, so, so if you go in there right now and you check out Jaden Reed, um, you can see you know, his official senior bowl me- uh, measurements that came out this week. I put some notes in there and we'll continue to put notes in on players as I watch them. Um, so I mentioned just for example here again on Jaden Reed. 
impressive releases. There are concerns about his speed, but he timed as the fastest player on the field the day one of the senior bowl. So he seems to play faster than maybe he'll actually time at the combine and perhaps noteworthy. He looked comfortable catching punts. And then we got links to some highlights in there too. So as we fill these profiles out, that's what you will be able to access. And one of the great perks of becoming a CHGO diehard. Um, you can do that if you're not already a diehard at all chgo.com slash diehard. You mentioned uh, the Charlotte wide receiver, Grant DuBose. I had him written down in my notes on day one, Nick, as a jump ball guy, which I thought was, uh, you know, he popped out in day one as, as a guy who can go up and get the football. He's 6'2", three-eighths of an inch on top of that, and 204. One of the bigger receivers uh, that is at the Senior Bowl, there are some bigger ones, um, you know, A.T. Perry from Wake Forest is 6'5". There's a Maryland wide receiver who's 6'4". But in terms of the guys that stood out, I think that uh, Grant DeBose is probably the biggest of the group. And, and probably Rasheed Rice, too, who is another mm -hmm. guy who you go check out his profile uh, in our database and the links on allchgo.com if you're looking for it. Um we even put a little bears emoji next to Rashid Rice because he seems to fit the blocking dynamics that Luke Getzey likes in a wide receiver. Is a yeah, block no is, is a blocking the when people first go to that, is that just a nice way of saying he's slow and can't get open? Because <laughs> I I was seeing some things on Twitter today where they're showing him not getting much separation. I'm seeing comments in the chat like, or in the underneath it saying, like, is he running in mud and stuff? So that sca almost scares me a little bit when it's the, the first thing you say about a wide receiver is his blocking. You know, it's like, yeah, that's definitely a prerequisite of the job, but, you know, shouldn't the first thing you say about a guy be his separation or his route running or things of that nature? I, I mean, I think it's an addition, right? I, you would hope that these wide receivers – can do what wide receivers are supposed to do, get open, make catches. And I think it just fits to what the, the Bears want to also need from that position. Like, even if you're as small as Darnell Mooney is, you're being asked to block, and he does he does pretty well at it. But I think if you can be a well-rounded wide receiver, Greg, and I know it scares you if you might hear that he's a good blocker at first, but hopefully it's in addition to what he can do as a pass catcher. Well, that's all we heard about all the guys we brought in this year. I know they were all just holdover wide receivers. They're like, oh, they're all such great blockers, you know, and nobody could get open or catch the ball. So, you know, we need some guys that'll catch the ball and get open. <laughs> you know, my approach with the senior bowl, both the years I would go there and, and now watching on TV and the TV coverage has gotten so good that you can really see a lot. Uh, you, you got it covered up by NFL network. You got it covered by ESPN. You got the coaches mic'd up so you can literally hear in real time what they're saying to the players and what they need to work on. Um, but my, my general thought is just look at the guys who just jump off the field as faster, bigger, dominating throughout the week and you get three days of it. So there are some situations that I think it's noticeable. Like I'll throw out Max Duggan, the quarterback from TCU, not necessarily as a bearish target, but just as an example of somebody who in my notes on day one, and not surprisingly because he comes from shotgun, heavy air raid type offense where they're just, you know, one or two words that are being thrown out there and everything's on the fly hand signals. That dude was struggling at the line of scrimmage with snap counts, with wordy play calls. And what was cool is you're watching the, the coverage. You could hear the coach calling in the plays, and it's like seven, eight, nine, ten words at a time, and you got a guy who's struggling with all this. And I thought by the end of today, Max Duggan got a lot better at that. So there are cases where you see a guy get better from day one, day two, day three. But what I'm really looking for are the guys that just jump off the field, Nick. Guys that you just like, wow, he's he's better than everybody else. And I think over the course of three days, you definitely see that with, with certain guys. Like, for example, not to be a homer, but Keanu Benton's just been dominating for three straight days. Uh, and, and, you know, somebody who I, I think would be a great fit on the Bears defensive line. No doubt about that, Adam. I, he's been really good. And again, a player that I didn't know much about, but 
now now I have to. Like I can't avoid it because he's making consistent plays in the one-on-ones. It translates to the team drills and he's doing a really good job, but so is and I don't want to even butcher his name, Adam, so I'm gonna let you I'm gonna defer to you to, to pronounce it real quick. Northwestern's guy, number ninety nine, out of Atabore. Yes, he so there were there was a one on one, and what they do uh, in the national team practice, they do the one on ones. You you do it twice in a row, so you go up against that same person, and we'll see if you can again adjust to the second rep. He was lined up against Cody Motch for for one of them, and Northwestern guy, Northwestern pride and joy. They won. He won both times, and that also you saw some plays happen in the team drills, and again that was on the inside too. So. That's somebody too that I think his stock is rising for for out of out of Tomway out of Tomway out of Tomawa sorry um, I you. pronounced it the first day I pronounced it the first day in my my Moriano minute and now I just can't do it but he has been really good and has been too showing up this entire beef. that's yeah, what it is last night was that was a night too she's yeah yep look at you made it you made it to beats last night I was kind of doubting you. I was so close to just laying in bed, and then I got up because I was hungry, got some amazing wings, and then went to Haberdashery, I think's the place, met Kevin Fishbane there, and then we end up going to the Beats, and then it was 3 a.m. That, so. that, that, those are the nights that happens to you when you're, mm-hmm. like, right on the edge of going to bed at, like, 9.30, and you're like, F it. Let's get out there. Let's live. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's – it's three o'clock in the morning, and you're with Kevin Fishbane. There's, by the way, there's no way Kevin Fishbane stayed out till three a.m. He was like a two thirty or two twenty-five-ish. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, it was funny. I looked over at Vita, like, and then I just see a huge yawn from Kevin Fishbane. I'm like, <laughs> all right, he's heading out. It's time for Kevin to go. That's awesome. It's part of the experience. Part of the Senior Bowl experience mm-hmm. because it's not oh, just God. the media that's out down there. It's fun. Um. All right, I'm trying to think of other wide receivers we need to cover before we uh, before we move on because I I gotta say it was just like something that stood out over the three days. Um, what's the name of the kid from Cincinnati too? I brought up the other day. Oh the, yeah, uh, I had him uh, written down too. Where are a, you? A smaller today? guy. He's quick, but he was just like he's just constantly getting open um, over and over and over again. Oh, Trey Tucker. Trey yeah, Tucker. Trey Tucker. He's like 5'8 from Cincinnati. And um, I think when you look at what the Cincinnati kids did last year coming out of the draft, there's still some of that carryover. Uh, one of the many reasons why I'm really excited about Luke Fickle at Wisconsin right now because all of a sudden he's got NFL blood just pumping out of that program in Cincinnati. Um, and and I would still take advantage of that. They got the tight end coming out this year too. I thought he, I thought he looked pretty good. Um down there in mobile too but trey tucker's another guy who i would i would uh i would consider yeah michael wilson from stanford has also had a, a very good three days here in practice and you know he's, he's a bigger guy too at 6 216 i believe so i mean just being able to show that he can run precise routes at that body type and then also be able to show good hands on top of that i think he's another guy that Again, he's been consistent in the three days that he's practiced. Yeah, I mean, um, just watching earlier on the timeline, just going at like kind of doing as much research as I could to like get some close shots of these guys, not just on what the TV was showing me. Uh, Trey Tucker blew this guy, you know, left him for dust, and he had a wide open touchdown in the end zone. He dropped it, but the route was great. Getting off the line was great gave him a little stutter step and then he gets up on the, down the right sideline. Then he drops the touchdown. You know, it's like, you know, um, you know, million dollar move, 10 cent catch, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, certainly got the speed though. And you know, one drop doesn't define your career. Yeah, absolutely. I like this comment from 22, a tech. I turn 35 tomorrow. No way I'm going anywhere after nine 30. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you a uh, happy birthday in advance. Live it up. Thirty-five comes at you fast. All right. Um, want to talk a little bit about the offensive linemen too? And then I know the Bears aren't probably concentrating too much on the quarterbacks, but people always care about the quarterbacks. And there were some interesting quarterback 
observations I had, I always like to look at the quarterbacks. And so before we get done with the third day of our senior bowl coverage, I do want to touch on the QBs a little bit more. Um, and we talked about Henning Hooker a little bit yesterday, but uh, even beyond that, because there's one I think really stood out, and we'll talk about it. But first, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether that's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. It started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. That's B I Z ready to sign up for a facility assessment. You can call comed at one 2700 during, during normal business hours to speak with a comed energy efficiency program representative you can email business e, e. at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. Love it. All right. Um, I think we got to talk about full code two here before we move on. So Ooh, I, got that. I got it right here. Oh, you ready to go, baby? Let's go. I got it. I got it. Chicago, you already got the best coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from soldier field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, let's get in the offensive line a little bit. Um, some guys have stood out over the last few days. We talked a lot about Cody Malk the other day. Um, and I thought he continued to look good throughout the week. I just think that's a safe, uh, solid pick, but you're probably going to have to get move up or acquire another second round pick early in the second round. I do have a question for you, Nick, that I do not have the answer to. I don't know if you do, but I did notice that Dewan Jones, the big six, eight mm-hmm. offensive tackle from Ohio state, who we talked a lot about the other day was not practicing today. What was going on with that? I don't know the answer to that. I know somebody that I was sitting next to also, um, covers the Bears said he thought he may have tweaked something at the end of the first practice, but yeah, he was out in street clothes and he was still the biggest person on the field without shoulder pads. But yeah, don't know exactly why. Yeah, they said that. Um, I think Todd McShay said today because we mentioned how Tuan Jones his wingspan came in as the a senior bowl record. Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd McShay added that and he said it. If that stands, that wingspan, because they always double check it at the combine, measured out as somebody that would be seven foot five. If that stands, it would be the largest wingspan ever recorded by an NFL draft prospect in like 65 years. Wow. That is nuts. There was a good tweet circulating where they said that Dewan Jones is a meteor that killed the dinosaurs. And I'm like, yeah, that fits because he is gigantic. Seven that, foot, that's seven foot wide wingspan. I mean, that's that's the kind of guys Matt Painter recruits to play for Purdue, <laughs> right? You always you always have some seven foot two <laughs> center yes. from Canada or At, Europe or somewhere. He's got that cor- that whole monopoly cornered right there. Yeah. You know, anybody that has any wingspan like that is going to Purdue. But I guess that one slipped under his radar. Yeah, where was Dewan Jones playing basketball at Purdue? <laughs> he would have just been a just an absolute tank out there on the on the basketball court. Um, couple guys I liked. Tyler Steen from Alabama, a guard. I thought he was very consistent throughout the week and somebody to ke- keep an eye on. Um, and then the the kid from Minnesota that we've talked already about, but he, I don't know, man. He he may have played his way into the first round. To be honest with you, I don't even know if he's going to be accessible to the Bears. Yeah, Adam, too, and 
what stood out immediately from the American team practice, they did these one-on-ones and it was John Michael Schmitz versus 31 on Oklahoma would be Jalen Redman. And he wins his run, his one-on-one rep and the whole entire team's watching. It's a competitive period where if the offense or defense loses, they have to do 15 push-ups. But uh, John Michael Smith has been having a very good three days in, in Mobile, Alabama. And he's not just a mauler type either. Like, a dude can get out on the perimeter. We talked about that in yesterday's podcast. So, like you, draft stock is rising. And if, you know, he ends up getting drafted in the first round, I think this the, the way he's played consistent in these practices, and we'll see what happens in the game, could be a big reason why he potentially can be, uh, you know, a day one pick. I, what, one thing that's interesting to me is it seems like the defensive line on the national team is better than the American team, and then vice versa. The American team O-line, especially like that first team they've been running out there, just seems like an NFL offensive line. Um, so in terms of the game on Saturday, which I don't really – care as much about usually as the as the practice but i do feel like that's going to be interesting to see that american team o-line go up against the national team's d-line in the game with actual live reps yeah that's going to be a good competition there and um like you said it's kind of favored one side for one one team one side for the other team and i'm, I'm curious too like cody mouch is a guy that he for the majority of today's practice he was at left guard but i know early on in the practice, he was at tackle. I wonder if you even see like guys kind of, I wouldn't say like switching positions, but just seeing, hey, Probably. this is a good opportunity to, you know, show that versatility. But that's a guy. And what was cool too about Cody Mouch, real quick, his entire, not his entire family, but his family was there in the stands watching him. You saw, look, his dad is a spitting image of him. I don't know if he's <laughs> missing his front teeth or not, but I looked over and I'm like, okay, yeah, your dad and the family was there watching. And then after the practice, he was out there interviewing some of his teammates. He's like, oh, how, how'd, you, how'd you do on this day? So he's got a little personality to him. Do you think he's jumped into the first round between both of you guys? Like, I just, he's getting so much hype and he just literally looks the part. You know, now you're talking about the swagger of walking around with some confidence like that. You know, obviously we've all seen some of the highlights of him really taking care of business these last three days. Do you think he's moved his stock up to the first end of the first round? Are you talking about Mauk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, th- these are the, this is where the senior bowl is important guys. Like seriously, it's, it, there are guys that, that come into this part of the draft process as second, third rounders. And all of a sudden you see them in this setting you know, going up, especially a guy like Mauk who's coming from an FCS school, and you always want to see how those guys, um, tra- like, for instance, the kid from Old Dominion, I think he's had an okay week, but I don't think he's consistently dominated like Cody Mauk has or looked as good consistently. And so, to me, there's definitely those guys that just stand out, and they're, if they're mid-second round type prospects, they can jump up into the late first round for sure. I think he's... I, I think the question, though, there is, has he shown enough that he could be a tackle? And if the answer to that question was resoundingly yes, then I'd say he's probably a first-round guy. That I'm not sure. So that's why I still feel like he's going to be an early day-two pick. Um, But something to watch, and that's the problem with a lot of these guys. So you have, um, let's just, I'm on the American team right now. So you have uh, Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, who's been really good all week, too. That's another guy. John Michael Schmitz, uh, the center from Minnesota that we've been talking about. These are all sort of guys to me that are fringe in day one, early day two picks and might not still be there, you know, when the Bears pick at 56. But had they had the 32nd pick, that's kind of the sweet spot. We're so, going to get back at the top of the second round with our trade back. Thank you very much. It's possible. It's it's possible. D-Man shy $5 super chat. It's, here. Ne- it's necessary. Yeah, honestly. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. They got to, they got to find a way, whether that's Indy, uh, Houston, Houston, trade back one spot for their top second round pick. Got to get, uh, got, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, 
the super chat here from D Man Shy says we need uh, John yeah. Michael Schmitz no matter what early in the in the second round. The Bears have to make that happen. Uh, him, Ben Powers, and Tevin Jen- Jenkins, nasty. That's that's a lot of beef up front. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. That's a lot of nastiness, like he was saying up front. And then yeah, speak- I mean, we want the center position solved, right? I mean, I do. I, I do. And and I really do feel like uh is it okay to call him JMS? He's got yeah, th- he's got three names. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. three names, you gotta get it shortened, right? There's gotta be something. Um I do feel like he has just like solid center for a decade written all over him. I so know. yeah. Um, JMS is better than the three name because typically the three name you're like a an assassin to a president or something like <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald or John Wilkes Booth. Okay. The yeah. three name. <laughs> then the initials are probably better. Uh, the, our guy, the Duke, jumping in here with a 1999 super chat after paying for Nick's um, Beats bill last night. You know, at 3 a.m. Uh, the, the Bears blog posted an hour ago that two teams, not the Colts or Texans, have floated offers for the number one pick. Have you heard anything? Who do you think it is if it's legit? Listen here, Duke. I break the news around here. I don't know if you <laughs> yep. were tuned in for the midseason right. yep. trade deadline, but nobody even job. realizes that David Montgomery was traded months ago. Months ago. <laughs> he hasn't even been on the Bears. Uh, I will say this. I have heard that like those conversations have be begun. And when I say that, it's just you got to understand that events like the senior bowl for one teams start to just very casually start those types of conversations. Like, Hey, any idea what it's going to take here? That's all I know. And and I do think that those, those types of conversations have begun. um, And this is about the time that that those would start. And then they're going to really heat up by the combine, like by the combine, you're going to, you I'm not saying you're going to quite get to the point where like parameters are in place for a deal, but that's when things start to heat up and teams. But, but the problem is if you're the bears right now, and I don't know who the teams are. So that part of the question, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, But the problem is if you're the bears and it's not a problem, it's actually a good thing. I just, I just feel like you want to wait to see how dominoes start to fall. Like Tom Brady retiring. Okay. There's one domino. Tom Brady's out of the picture. What's next? What happens with Aaron Rodgers, right? So there's no real rush here. But you might start to find out who those teams are. Just I'm throwing out an example. Panthers have their head coach now. So they're kind of set up. And it wouldn't surprise me that once they have their coach in place and their whole situation figured out what they want to do, that seems like a team that makes sense to me that would make a phone call or, you know, walk by Ryan Poles in Mobile, Alabama at some point and be like, Hey, you know, we're kind of at disadvantage here. Cause we're drafting back here at nine. Uh, what's, you know, any idea what it's going to take here or how realistic this might be because you know, we're, we're interested and that's really what it is. It's just teams kind of notifying you that we're a team that's going to be interested. So just keep us in mind when these conversations start to heat up. Well, here's, here's my question to you about that, Adam. And, I'm going to just drop a scenario just for the fun of this exercise because I understand that this is unlikely. But if you're a team like the Panthers, you know, obviously the trade isn't going to happen until close to the draft. I understand that. Or the day of the draft. But, like, if you're the Panthers and you don't know whether or not you can trade up to one, like, how come no team has ever just – like, how come they wouldn't come to the Bears and be like, I'm going to give you everything I can right now before free agency because – Free agent, if they don't know they can get the quarterback or get the trade they want to get the quarterback they want, why would then you are going into free agency kind of blind and risking that you're going to make this move? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I I think it's just a matter of seeing what happens in free agency first, and we don't know that the Panthers aren't interested in in one of those free agents i'm guessing that they want to go the draft route but i just i i things things in the offseason tend to happen in an order and the draft trades come later 
I've never not, understood why the draft goes after free. I to me, I think it makes more sense for the draft to be first than free agency to be second. Well, isn't that how it is in the NBA? Uh, I think that's how it is yeah. in the NBA, right? You have the draft in late June and then Yeah, free agency or, happens pretty quickly, like right after the season ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't I, know. um it I do agree that that is that is an interesting thing and maybe it makes sense for it to be the opposite, but um, you're correct, Adam. It's okay. Like, it's late June for the draft. And then yeah, July 1st is usually that's what I thought. Free agency. So other, t- other sports do it differently. Um, I'd have to go back and look at wh- some of these trades have happened earlier. I don't remember how mm-hmm. early I have to go look, but like we've had the 49ers move up. We've had the Eagles move up. Yeah. We've had, you know, the Rams move up all in like the last six, seven years. Um, and these have been done weeks before the draft. I'd, I'd have to look up which one was the earliest in all the that. The Stafford deal, I, f- I felt like that was really early too, right? Where Oh, that was, that, yeah, yeah that, that was, was that was January 31st. I mean, mm-hmm. or January 30th. That, But that was, that was for a veteran quarterback. So, and that's where I still think like, Derek Carr is probably going to be moved here in the next couple of weeks. In fact, I think there's like a deadline of February 15th, I think, before some money becomes guaranteed. So there's kind of a, a soft deadline there to get that deal done. Um, and then I think whatever happens with Rodgers happens before free agency because that's more of like a free agency type trade that will happen. Uh, Alex chiming in here with $10 on the Super Chat. Trade with Indy. First round pick for Buckner. Their first pick two seconds, a third and a fourth. <laughs> what else? Uh, let's throw in um, Michael Pittman. Let's throw in uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, can uh, we get JJ Stankovitz back in get, the deal? JJ Stankovitz back at, you know, <laughs> what else can we throw in? Maybe the stadium. I mean, come on, let's be a little realistic, but yeah. uh then you draft Anderson, get another lineman, and boom, yeah, and boom, that, and, that, and that's where, and I'm, and I'm victim of this too, of delusions of grandeur, as one of my friends Mac would say. You know, like we all have these ideas of the kind of trades we can get from Houston and Indy, and most of the ones being put out are unrealistic. Uh, you know, we need we need to be at the top of the second round again, and I think that's vital for polls to make that move. However, you get it from one of those two teams or the Panthers, but, you know, some of these kind of ideas, they're just unrealistic. It's very unlikely. We understand there's a bidding war, but you got to be more realistic with what you're going to get in return. You know, it's not going to be that much. And, and I think Bears fans are setting themselves up for disappointment when it's less than that, which is going to be a good move for this team, and you're going to have fans mad because it's not this. You know, and I think that's where we got to kind of rein it in as Bears fans. I know it's hard. We all want as much as possible, but, you know, we got to rein it in a little. Damn draft machines. That's They do this. This is what happens when you keep messing with that dang <laughs> and, thing. And, you get and all idiots things. like me on Twitter who put out crazy stuff. I mean, I, I'm also, you know, a part of the problem. I'm, I mean, I do, think there's a, I, I do think there's a haul the Bears can work out of this, but I think when you're talking about Indy, you're talking about if you're getting a player in return, you're probably not getting that early second round pick in return. Um, if you go the route of move back to four, then add that second round pick, then I think you can get even more, maybe a first rounder next year. I think that that's a realistic trade. I think absolutely. I, I think move back to four, early second rounder. Maybe there's maybe you swap, you know. You get their third, but you give back the late fourth you got in the Robert Quinn trade, right? Like there, there could be some other maneuvering there too, uh, and then you add a for, first rounder next year. And I, I, I have to think that the way Ryan Poles is approaching this kind of a long term approach, that if he can get another first round pick next year, that's ideal too to 100%. include that in the package. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's why I want the Panthers. I don't know what we're going off track with this trade talk and we got all offseason to talk about it. But I, I just think the Panthers would be the dream scenario for me because then I see a more likely scenario of that kind of haul that was just presented there, I think, by Alex or whatever his name was. So, you know, where you could get two future first-round picks, two future second-round picks. And now for the next couple of years, you have multiple picks in each round. That's why I'm looking at the Panthers at nine 
because I think that's where the more realistic haul is going to come from. But we can get back to who's playing in the senior bowl. I could dream about this all day long, which I do. Um, this super chat coming in from Rakeem 499. Do you guys think it's a real possibility the Bears sign Payne and get Buckner in a trade with Colts and draft Will Anderson? That would be a a lot. Um it's a lot of pass rush right there. <laughs> but I start I, off. I think it's I don't think that that's out of uh, yeah. well, here's the thing. We don't know the Colts are trading Buckner, though. I think that's just like kind of this thing that's taken off on Bears Twitter is a possibility. Maybe it is, but I have no idea. I do think that they're in a position where they are desperate for a quarterback. So you ask for whatever you can get. I will say on the pain thing, the Duran pain thing, we still don't know if he's going to get the franchise tag. And that's kind of the big question mark there. Mm-hmm. I did have somebody in the league tell me that keep an eye on Duran Payne, though, for the Bears. So if he is available, that and that's not really groundbreaking news. I think there's obviously a fit there, but um, I do sense some momentum that that could be a possibility, a real possibility that the Bears go. And of course, the trickle down effect of that is if you signed Deron Payne, do you still draft Jalen Carter? I mean, the conventional wisdom would be like, no, if you get your three technique, then you, you know, go Will Anderson. But I don't know, man. I, I, I still think the Bears are in a best player available type situation and you follow your draft board. And I don't have any, like, the more I watch Keanu Benton, and obviously I've seen a lot about of Keanu Benton because he's a Badger, mm-hmm. but to see him, I didn't know that he was, as much as I liked him already, I didn't know he was going to look this good this week at the Senior Bowl. And so, like, that's somebody where I'm like, what's wrong with drafting Jalen Carter and Keanu Benton? Later, yeah. like if you get them both, now you just got two young studs in the middle of that defense. And you talk about the engine getting that inside pressure being the engine to making the whole defense work. Damn, you're set up for a long time right there if you can do that. No problem with double dipping at a premium position like that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. So if you want to spend a high pick on somebody like a Jalen Carter and then double dip later at three tech, good. I think that's what uh, you know you should have. That's why the Eagles are in the freaking Super Bowl. They keep drafting defensive linemen, getting players like that. And, and signing them mid-season. Yes. So it, it works. And maybe the Bears need to take a, you know, a page out of that book to see if it can work for them. Uh, the Duke 989 <laughs> Super Chat says that Braggs is encouraging lowering expectations. That's not right. <laughs> he needs more brick juice stack. I got it. I got it. Here you go, dude. Here's the brick juice. Just yeah, drinking, I'm working just on drinking it. liquid death water, but we'll call it brick juice. Uh, I mean, you know, like I've said, I've I've dreamt up all these scenarios too, and it's fun to think about. I think to me, the path is you have to trade down with the Texans first and foremost. You've got both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, who I think both are very good prospects for any team. So you have to trade back to two. Get what get just their second round pick. I would do it just for that and be completely fine with that. And I know fans think they could get their both, both their first round picks. I think that's unrealistic. Just get their second move back one, then start the bidding more for the second pick. And that that's me. Who's never been a GM in my life, but that's how I would approach it personally. But who knows? I just, I know we need to get back in the top of the second round for the things we've talked about tonight. And of course, then I would like to trade back again to get future first round picks because this team has so many holes, so many things. We haven't signed Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Like, who's our wide receivers in a year from now? You know, so I want more wide receiver talent on this team. Of course, I want to be in the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes next year. So those are some of the things I'm thinking about. But uh, obviously, Ryan Poles has probably got his ideas of his own. Yeah, I think it's interesting. All right, I do want to talk about the quarterbacks, kind of go one by one, really brief on each one just that we saw this week at the Senior Bowl. But first, you guys know this. The stage is set. We're counting down to the battle in Arizona. We're going to be there next week. Cannot wait. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action. Of course, besides listening to the CHO Bears podcast all next week, um, but also with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up, same-game parlays, boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings 
with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right. Let's take a look at this roster. Nick, I'm curious to hear what your thought is. Braggs, let me know if there's a quarterback that has caught your eyes, a potential backup um, for Justin Fields, because I do think that's something that should not be ignored, especially if uh, Ryan Poles is able to add a lot of draft capital, which I expect him to do at some point. But first, TCU Max Duggan. Um, of course, he's, what a story it's been this year. He had heart surgery in the offseason, wasn't the starter, gets thrown in there, takes TCU all the way to a beat down against Georgia in the national championship game. Um, but can move I don't. Obviously he's not Justin Fields like in his movement, but he's not afraid. He's probably more similar to Sam Ellinger in, in, in the Colts quarterback. Um, but I did like that. I thought he got better with all the huddle stuff and the pre-snap nonsense and under center. And it's not nonsense. It's just some quarterbacks go to the senior bowl and it's like, you know, completely new to him. Yeah, like something never done before. It's great, especially because these guys at the high school level even aren't really doing this stuff anymore. So, um, I just thought that was interesting with Max Duggan. Uh, feel free to jump in on any of these guys. Clayton Toon, Houston, didn't do anything for me this entire week. Wasn't very mm-hmm. impressed. Uh, Tyson Badgett, who's this kid from Shepherd, that seems he's that's a D two school been a while since a d2 quarterback went um would you say that clayton wasn't in tune oh <laughs> i would i would not but uh apparently you would <laughs> lawrence jumping in with that um and then we talked about hendon hooker which i could not believe the backlash of the idea of adding hendon hooker who just seems like an ideal backup for justin fields but that one didn't go over too well apparently no, I was looking at the the comments on that. I, I saw some people were like, "Oh, you're just going to draft the oldest players in Tennessee, Valus Jones Jr., now Hendon Hooker," and it's like, "All right, let's calm down here." But it, it just makes sense though to get get a, a younger quarterback. But I think people are so like fixated on well, the Bears have all these holes, and that's true, and they need to use those draft picks to fix all the holes because you have Justin Fields already. We understand that. It's just. It's it's time for the Bears to kind of be in that that I guess realm of just drafting young quarterbacks. It's a good thing for your team. You never know when you're going to need them. Yeah, but where's Hooker going to go in the draft? As philosophy in the chat's pointing out, and I'd I'd be asking the same thing. Yeah, I I don't know. We we talked about it yesterday as a possible third rounder because that seems to be where you know he's being thrown on draft boards. I have more questions about that because he's coming off the ACL. Not only that, I think the more. Um, Honestly, the bigger worry for me, especially at the quarterback position, is he's already 25 years old. So I think that that maybe it's more like the fourth round. But mm-hmm. I I do have to say, regardless of we're talking about Hooker or anyone else, I think the automatic dismissal of the idea of a, a, a better backup for Justin Fields is mind-boggling to me that you just dismiss it. I, don't, I do not understand that. We're talking about the most important position in sports. Yep. I would put backup quarterback over maybe three or four starting spots on an NFL depth chart in terms of importance, uh, especially when you have a quarterback like Justin who runs as much as he does. You, you just you need to make it more of a priority, and the Bears just don't. They don't draft a lot of quarterbacks. They don't take swings at the position, and I think Justin Fields is going to be good, but what if he's not? Well, he is already good, but what if he doesn't take that next step? as a passer or more importantly, what if he gets hurt or what if he gets hurt? And and like, you're not doing your job properly as a general manager, in my opinion, if you don't consider the Trey Lance scenario that what if my quarterback gets hurt in week one or week two and is out for the season? Nobody wants to think about that, but every GM should be having a backup plan for that possibility and not having your entire season ruined. So yes, I refuse to think about that. Well, I, and I don't blame you, but that's Ryan Pulse's job to think about, right? right. So uh, take your swing with 
Max Duggan if you want, or because he'd be more of a sixth or seventh round pick, right? Yes, yes, Probably, yeah. Now the kid from BYU, I think, is would be, in my opinion, a better option. Um, if you want to go, Jaron Hall from from BYU. If you want to go later with somebody who's maybe more of an ideal fit as a backup for Justin Fields, but I'm just saying I'm not, and I'm, and I think what got confused and maybe lost in translation a little bit is I'm not sitting here banging the table for Hendon Hooker in the third round. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if the if the Bears did that, I'd sit there on draft night and defend it. I wouldn't hate it. I I I, I wouldn't blame them for wanting to go a little bit later and waiting. Sure, but. I will be, honestly, I will be annoyed if the Bears go through another draft, especially if they end up with double-digit picks again and they don't take at least one quarterback. I just think that's GM malpractice at this point. You know what I think it is, too? Like, the third round, like we said, maybe third round. I think for most fans, and maybe I'm wrong, you can let me know, but you don't get, obviously, you don't get an immediate return, right, on seeing that player get on the field unless maybe a circumstance where you were just talking about, and that's where maybe people have an issue with it because – I see also in the comments like, oh, sixth or seventh round, for sure, do it. Because obviously the draft capital is not as precious. But if it's a third rounder, you're obviously not seeing that immediate return. You have to wait to see this guy when I think most fans would want to see somebody, you know, get uh, use that third round pick. Third round pick the Bears had last year was Bayless Jones Jr. And that's still up in the air. But I think that's where maybe maybe the disconnect is from what we were talking about yesterday to what maybe some people are thinking now. Well, and like we talked about with these trade back scenarios, like you're just, we're all just looking at it as the, the picks we have currently. But if we trade back with whatever team or two that we do, you know, and you start adding additional picks in the third or fourth round and he's there, you know, mm-hmm. I was kind of laughing because somebody said, uh, love Dave said in the chat, Hogue is uh, foreshadowing and I don't like it. And it does. It feels like one of those moments where you're saying something, just throwing it out there and we're going to be clipping it in two months. Oh God, I hope not. I mean, I'm really not trying <laughs> to do that. I'm just, I, I, I mean, I can't ignore what happened in San Francisco this year. I don't think 31 other teams can. It's well, and especially with Justin, I mean, you, the hope is cause he said, I don't intend on rushing for more than a thousand yards the rest of my career. And let's hope that's the case starting this year, but he did get tired legs at one point. He did get, take a big shoulder injury. You know, um, how many times did we see him have to go to the sidelines with cramps? He had to go to the locker room at one point to get an IV. And I hope some of those things are situated by next year. We don't see that as often. And hopefully he can just stay in the pocket and not take as many hits. But more than likely, he's still going to have to do a lot to get this offense to score 25 to 30 points a game. And you're going to need a guy behind him 100%. And, and, and honestly, I'm just sick of seeing quarterback rooms with like multiple veteran back. I like the idea of having one veteran guy who's been like, don't get rid of Trevor Simeon. You could actually save like $2 million or something in cap space by cutting him. I'm not even advocating to do that. Don't I, I would keep Trevor Simeon, but instead of a room that's stud rookie or not rookie anymore, obviously in Justin Fields, but stud young QB veteran backup to help that guy and come in in a pinch if he needs to. And then Nathan Peterman, like, stop it with these rooms where you have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman, and then Tim Boyle when it's all said and done. I want that third guy to be a developmental project, some a Brock Purdy-type guy who, you know, you're not necessarily hoping he plays, but if he does, you know, you're developing him in your system. Bunch of people in the comments have brought up uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, DTR, as he's known at UCLA. Um, he is playing in the East West Shrine game tonight, and I'm going to have that on. And I'm interested to um, to see what how he plays. And I, I haven't seen any of the practice footage this week, but he's somebody who during the college football season I liked, and yeah, and I think he's smaller off the top of my head, but um, at least thinner. Thing we underestimate with Justin Fields is like forget the height, but Fields is like a house when he's running at you. Yeah. Um, and and he's built in a way where he can withstand these hits better than like Tua can, or I Bryce Young, I don't think will be able to take the hits the same way that Justin does. Um, so anyway, I don't know if you guys and one more point to that point is just look at the, the Eagles in the Super Bowl and how they approach the quarterback room. 
they're not afraid to add to it and add to it and add to it, no matter who their, you know, apparent starter is. And that's, you know, that's where it's gotten them. That's how they got Jalen Hurts, you know, Mm -hmm. because they said, okay. And obviously, you know, Carson Wentz had other issues too, but even before those guys, they've always been a team not afraid to be looking forward at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, you're, you're better served to do that as an, I mean, the four, the last GM Ryan Pace promised us he was going to draft a quarterback every year and then didn't. So let's see how Ryan Poles addresses that position. Uh, briefly on these other QBs though, Jaron Hall from BYU is interesting. I, I as as if you're if you don't like the Hendon Hooker early, you know, third fourth round idea, fine. Jaron Hall I think is an intriguing option. Uh, maybe fifth sixth. We'll see where that. It's hard to. Everyone seems to think they know where these guys are going to go. And then you even realize on the third day of the draft that like one guy goes three rounds earlier than you thought. Then one guy goes completely undrafted. Um, Jake Hayner from Fresno state. I do not think he's necessarily a fit or somebody that the bears would draft. Um, but Nick, I'm curious what you think. Cause you've seen these guys in person. I think he's been the best quarterback down in mobile. Yeah, I would say that, and to be completely honest, too, like the bar hasn't been set very high with what these guys have been doing, to be completely honest. But I would agree that he's been the most consistent out of these guys. And, yeah, again, not saying much because I've I've seen, like, especially today's practice and early on, there were just so many passes that were off the mark. And I remember just writing down in my notes, like, man, can we get somebody in here? Because this is, I think, one of the first years where you're not going to have a first round quarterback at the senior bowl that I think will Levis opted opted out of this, but you know, it would have been nice to just have better talent there. You'd probably get a better evaluation of everybody else on the offense, but yeah, it's been a pretty low bar to say. Hainer's um, first of all, I like what we did at Fresno this year, but Hainer's ball placement has been by far the best. I mean, he's had some mm-hmm. throws where it's like, Whoa, you know, but he's smaller. Um, I don't, I think he's going to be more of a pocket guy. I, so I don't necessarily think he's a great fit with the bears, but I think somebody's going to get an interesting quarterback with uh, Jake Hayner on uh, draft day. And then uh, Duke eight one, one coming in here, uh, wasting nine ninety nine on Graham Mertz. Uh, I got the guy for us. Graham Mertz. Appreciate you. I mean, if by, a, if by us, he means Florida, right? Yeah. Isn't that where he's going? I think he transferred to Florida. Yeah, I don't even think he's going to be the starter. No, there. but he's got that cool logo for his NIL deal. Good yeah, job, and, and he knows Patrick Mahomes, which apparently, Ooh. like, that's how ridiculous the Patrick Mahomes thing has gotten. Like, if you if you just know him, oh, everyone yeah, thinks you're the, the next greatest quarterback because that was the word. Oh, he works out with Patrick Mahomes. He must be, he must be the truth. <laughs> I, look, I fell into it too. That great game against Illinois during the COVID year. Thought he was. Thought he was the next guy, and uh, it didn't work out. Uh, who else we got here? Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham from Louisville would also be an interesting option mm-hmm. to back up Justin Fields because he's probably the closest guy that could potentially, as a runner, yeah. like come anywhere close to what Justin can do. But his passing to me is just all over the place. So I don't, I don't know. That would have to be a, for me like a late round pick and i think he's gonna i he might be dynamic enough as a runner that he sneaks into the middle rounds and what he's at 6'1 190 and we were just talking about like justin fields like he's every bit of 235 6263 <laughs> that's not that's not malik Cunningham. <laughs> there's there's obviously a big difference there too yeah so all right um i think that's all the quarterbacks at the senior bowl but i just want to touch on those guys uh before we get out of here nick was in on Luke Getze again after practice today. Um, we cut this down a little bit, but um, Nick, you were talking. What was the first question you let off with? With uh, I wanted to set this up a little bit because it was kind of hard to hear your question, but yeah, just you asked uh, him about the offense, ask, right? Yeah, I wanted to ask Luke, like, what is what do you characterize the Bears' offense as? What are you guys kind of known for? And you know, Luke went into and asked it uh, in this video we're about to show. Luke, when you think about your offense. What, what are the Bears known in terms of like what you want to accomplish? What, what do you think they're known for? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is when you turn on our tape, you see the physicality of our team and the relentlessness, competitiveness. And, you know, we, we knew uh, running the rock gave us the best opportunity to, to win a football game. And to go out and rush for 3,000 this year was a pretty cool accomplishment. 
I mean, Luke, in terms of uh, the players here, you had three practices. Who stood out to you? Who some of the guys on your team that stood out to you? Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, I don't want to just pinpoint anybody. I really, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll go with the receiver group today. I thought they did a really nice job. They responded. They kind of got their butts whooped a little bit yesterday in one-on-ones. They came out, did a really nice job. They kind of dominated that. They dominated the seven-on-seven seven as well. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll call out that whole group today. Luke, if you had to get game balls up Oh, the big guys, you know, we went, we did the competition to kind of right in the middle of practice to get it going. And then, uh, you know, uh, John Michael Schmitz, he won his rep. And then I had to, I had to kind of cheat to just make it a little bit competitive. But those guys, everybody. So that, 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 that whoever won those drills, Mingo almost made a great catch down there on that. That would have been a sick play. So that was, there's a lot of good things happening. So I, I, I thought it was interesting that he, he mentioned John Michael Schmitz, uh, but he was just talking about a specific play. One, I think, I want to close out the show, I guess, and the week of Senior Bowl coverage with this because um, a lot of times during early draft season, we get, and this happens at the Combine too, we get too caught up in this team talked to this player and this team talked to that player. And it's like, yeah, they talked to a lot of players and it doesn't really mean much. Um, It also could mean that that player uh, was not, very impressive when they talk to them and they actually, they talk to them and then they cross them off their list. That happens too. So it, it, my advice to everybody as they follow this is don't pay attention to that. Pay attention to things like what Nick asked Luke Getzi off the top. What are you known for? Oh, well, we're physical. We want guys who are physical. And when they turn on the tape, they see that they see that physicality. So, so players that come with grit physicality and of course fit the running scheme where they can move. If we're talking about offensive linemen, can they get outside? Um, so somebody like John Michael Schmitz to me watching him this week, I think gets that little bears tag. That'll be in our NFL draft database that you can find if you are CHGO diehard. Um, same thing. I mentioned a guy on, on defense yesterday, that Sacramento state linebacker Mapu. He caught the eye of Luke Getze just from the way that he was knocking the ball out consistently and attacking the football. That's somebody who fits the hits principle. So those are really, to me, as you learn more and more about these players, way more important than, oh, this guy talked to this guy. And that you know, pay attention more of which prospects really fit what the Bears do. And what helps is the Bears seem to have an offensive identity. They might not be very good, but they do seem to have an identity. And that's what I appreciated you asking Luke Getzey and his answer to that question, because for the first time in a long time, we kind of know what that identity actually is. No doubt about it, Adam. And just uh, again, reinforce what, what Adam was just saying. Jim Nagy, director of the Reese Senior Bowl, literally said all these prospects are going to meet with all 32 teams. So it's not like, oh, he met with so-and-so. They all met with the team to get a better understanding of them. So uh, what you pointed out is is what we should be focusing on. They have an identity, need to be physical. What players match that identity? I think every prospect should also have to meet with Greg Braggs. (laughs) I think that should be part of the scouting process. You have to pass the Braggs test. You have to drink some brick juice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Maybe even you have to lay some brick. Yeah, that would Ooh. that would really you'd find out something about a man if they got on well, the wall and laid some brick. What was the term you had for uh, like the brick? Uh, dead nuts. Dead nuts. Dead nuts. See, so you could write that's a scouting term. Bragg's a scouting term. This guy's dead nuts. Right. And <laughs> he's on the you, level, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Dead so. nuts means level. So I, you know, <laughs> I get, he's balanced. <laughs> he's ba- there you go. Got to have balance. Yeah. You know who's balanced is David Montgomery. That great contact he, balance. Does he actually does have very good balance? Ooh, he said something nice about David Montgomery. Everybody hear that? <laughs> we should clip it. We should clip it and play it over and over again on social media. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, great stuff. I hope everybody enjoyed our shows the last three days. Nick, you did a tremendous down job down there in Mobile and weather the storm with the late nights at Feats and the practices. And uh, it's uh, nice stuff by you. And uh, make sure everybody's following you on Twitter at Nicholas Moriano for all the latest. Also at CHGO underscore Bears. We got a ton of Senior Bowl content too that's still on the way that we're cutting. 
Uh, and we're still going to be adding, so make sure you're following us on social media and right here on the YouTube channel, CHGO Sports. Um, we're going to be pumping out more and more NFL draft content. And then, of course, next week, we'll turn more big picture, Bears, NFL, Justin Fields, number one pick. We're going to get kind of the national perspective, who we run into all week long in Phoenix. So the shows are going to be great next week. Make sure you're following along. Uh, and we're back to our noon time tomorrow. And we're going to be at noon all next week, too. That's the plan. So look at that. Oh, first time I'm seeing this. Ooh, isn't that beautiful? That is awesome. awesome. That is great. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see what is our all-city logo um for next week's coverage in arizona looks awesome and that's part of the deal is our dnvr's group and phnx are all going to be down there obviously phoenix is in phoenix phnx they're at home it's a home game for them all week but we're gonna have some great coverage and i'm looking forward to it so nick great job this week yeah thank you that logo just looked warm like i felt like a warmness (laughs) i cannot wait (laughs) bring your sunblock yes Although I will warn you, there's really not much of a difference between the Super Bowl being in Minneapolis and Phoenix, Arizona. You're inside a convention center. Oh, that And that's my advice because people uh, every year, her listeners probably don't care about this, but every year people show up to Radio Row if it's a warm weather Super Bowl and the last four have been warm weather Super Bowls. They, they Shorts, T-shirt, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's do this. And they don't realize that those damn convention centers, they keep, <laughs> they, the, they keep the AC at like yeah. 57 and you're just freezing. It's ridiculous. So dress like you're still in Chicago is my advice. And then maybe you could sneak outside. Um, you know, people go outside for smoke breaks. I sneak outside for sun breaks or just stand in the sun mm-hmm. for five minutes and warm up. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited about next week. Tomorrow, uh, we're back at noon. It'll be Braggs. Braggs is Braggs doing a solo show at noon. No, he's not. Uh, <laughs> Carm, Carm and Braggs. And if Will's feeling better, Will will be on. Will DeWitt will join those guys too. The special guests too. Yeah, you want to mention your your special guests? We'll tomorrow? drop it. We'll drop it for those that stuck around for the whole show. Doug Plank joining the show tomorrow. Legend of the Chicago bears. That's awesome. That so awesome. New, noon tomorrow, right here on CHGO. Uh, make sure you're here for it. Sign up to be a diehard. You can check out those databases that we have and um, enjoy your evening. Maybe catch the East West shrine game. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then.